if you're keen on backing a winner tomorrow, you've come to the right place. It's now time for the punters panel on Racing HQ with Dave Stanley. Dave Stanley. Let's go, fellas. Yeah, let's try and find a winner on this Saturday for you. Of course, it's Friday, but we're looking at the Saturday meeting at Rose Hill. And our panel today, Luke Marlowe, Chris Roots. We've got Nick Burney from Race New South Wales and Mitch Cohen from News Limited. A good little panel. We'll have our multi as well. And I'll say good morning again to you, Luke. Great meeting tomorrow, this Kilmore Classic. Uh, it's an absolute beauty. Absolute beauty. What a group of mares we've got. Yeah, you're right, Dave. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, good to be a part of the panel. Uh, I think it is a good race, Dave, no doubt. I mean, there aren't any bad Group 1s, are there? They're all exciting races for different reasons, and I think it's a very open Coolmore Classic. Uh, a few of the good chances have drawn wide. I think there isn't much between a lot of these horses. I think it'll come down to a, a good ride, um, a little bit of luck and running, and, and how the track's playing. It'll be very dry out there on Saturday with a warm week in Sydney. Good four rail true, expecting a good day of racing. How good. Uh, now, let's get to Nick Burney. Uh, Nick, you speak a lot of sense when you come on this panel and we catch you on Sky Thoroughbred Central. Nick Burney's not there yet. We'll connect with him very, very soon. Mitch Cohen, we'll come to you. Well, I'll say the same to you. You speak a lot of sense when you come on this program, Mitch, and we need to try sometimes, and... Sometimes, Dave. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> we need to try and get that out of you, though, today, mate. Uh, are you confident with the meeting? Yeah, thanks for that leading, Dave. Really appreciate it. Very earnest, too. And um, No, I'm, I'm, I think it's a great little meeting I've found a little bit of value on there so uh, yeah, hopefully we can provide something to the punters. Alright uh, now have we got Nick Burney there we've got Chris Roots. Chris good morning to you. Morning Dave, uh, morning Luke superstar now after he's left us and on the trade market um, and morning Mitch and I, and I don't speak any sense at all of course Dave. No well uh, and we, I know that you've got an important call and some stuff happening this morning mate so if you come in and disappear and come back We'll know exactly what's going on. Now Nick Burney is there. Nick, hello to you, mate. Looking forward to this punters panel today. Morning, Dave. Morning, guys. Yeah, really looking forward to the punters panel. Hopefully we can get the multi to Saturday. I was a bit disappointed with Osipenko's scratch last week, but um, I think hopefully we can get it this week. Looks a great day of racing as well. All right. Uh, now, we've had all our introductions. Let's kick start it. Let's get straight into it. Let's start with the Coolmore Classic, the Group 1. It is race number eight on the card. Your current favourite is Anavisto. There's a couple of texts here about uh, yearning, which we just heard Shano Cash tip up, which is second up. There's a couple of texts about hope in your heart. Hey, boys, cheering home the Kembla mare. Let's get an overview from each of you on this race and what you're tipping in the Coolmore, and we'll go in this order. Luke, Nick, Mitch, and then we'll uh, have Chris. So uh, let's go. Let's go, Luke. Yeah, DS, I think uh, there'll be a bit more pace in the race this year than last year. Uh, Lighthouse just jogged in front and kicked in last year's edition of the Coolmore Classic. But I think with Ana Visto in the race, coming across from out wide, Expat pushing up, Hinged will be uh, rolling forward from a wider draw and Mirror Vision will hold its place. Um, bigger field, I think there'll be even speed and every horse should get their chance. I think it sets up pretty well for Yearning. She was stiff first up, and I think she's returned in really good order. It's a an exciting ride for Zach Lloyd, still an apprentice. Um, he's got great support from a lot of the Sydney stables and a lot of the bigger ones, and Team Hawks, they uh, certainly back him. He uh, won a group race on Electric Girl for them two or three weeks ago, so 52 kilos, second up, 1,500 metres at home, and the way she came back first up, I think she is... Uh, my leaning in the race. Uh, there are a number of other chances. I think you could go any number of ways. I think the best value or the best knockout horse in the field is number four, Mustang Valley. 
She uh, She's around 20s. I thought her first up run was excellent. And uh, then last time, uh, I should say her second up run last time was excellent. She was down on the inside, blocked for a run in the straight. She was uh, in that uh, inferior part of the track where the wind was hitting them that day at Randwick. So barrier one didn't suit. Oh, I thought she was very good. And that form ties in with uh, hope in your heart. And yet she is uh, despised in the marketplace. So... It's the best, Ruffy. I'm tipping yearning. I think uh, it's a race where you've got to back your own judgment. All right. Uh, let's go to you, Mitch. What do you like in the Coolmore Classic? I thought we were going to Nick. Oh, sorry, Nick. Pardon me. <laughs> That's all right. Um, just on yearning, I, I think Luke made some really good points. Um, gets that six and a half kilo swing on hope in your heart. So if you like hope in your heart, you've got to make a case for yearning. Just my only little query was um, a lot of its first up performance of uh, second up performance, he's regressed. Um, so that was only my slight query, but the price, you can back it there. I think there's, I really like two runners. I think the 550 and Avisto is a very backable price. I think the wide gate's just been factored too much into that. And Pride of Jenny, I can mark half the odds. I think firstly on and, and Avisto, she ran really fast time first up there at Flemington, peak figure that day. I think her manners have improved and she just showed that key attribute where she can roll at a high cruising speed conserve energy and then be, when she's asked she can sprint off that. Nash on barrier 16 coming out of the back shoot no problems with that. Roll, roll across and a repeat of that Flemington performance I think would be hard to beat and if there is any weakness in her, I think the fa- in her and Avisto, that final 50 metres Pride of Jenny just might be the knockout. No work there 51 kilos. Just forget she went round first up and she improves length second up. So it can get into a nice rhythm. Just might be worth something at the $26. But I couldn't um, knock anyone who tips anything this race. Very wide open. All right. Now we'll go to Mitch. See, Mitch just wanted to hear what you were tipping there, mate. So, so <laughs> uh, what do you like, Mitch? Not at all, mate. I won't be swayed from the Campbell <laughs> connection here. Not at all. Uh, no, hope in your heart for me. Um, just a mere, I've been with all the way through and no reason to drop off now, I don't think. Um, look, she was... Excellent first up, um, winning in the group two, and obviously um, Kerry has had this race in mind for for, for a fair while. Um, look, she's going to be take natural improvement second up, and I can see no reason why she can't win again. Um, interesting enough, she finished second on this day in the Kembla Grange Classic about 365 days ago, 364 days ago last year. So she's come a long way since then. Um, she actually won 1,500 metres uh, at Rose Hill, last preparation, second up, uh, albeit in much, much easier company. But she's just one of those mares that continues to go through her grades nicely. And I think her Group 1 beckons on Saturday. Just on yearning, I saw on a rival program yesterday, David, uh, Michael Hawks labelled it their best of the weekend. So yeah, um, if you wanted Gareth, to... Um, yeah, Gareth Hall's uh, show... I don't, I don't know about rivals. We talk about that rival chat. We're all just in the same swim. We all just want people to have a punt and enjoy themselves. See, I heard him... Say that to Gareth yesterday. Yeah, so he's obviously given it a good push and, and the stable obviously uh, like her. So if you were going to back her, then, um, yeah, I wouldn't sort of talk you out of it. All right. Uh, now we'll come to you, Chris. What do you like in the Coolmore Classic? Well, it's very good points about the two that um, the other boys have tipped, a couple of the other boys have tipped. I think yearning um, amazing weight considering where, where it is, where, that's already a Group 1 winner that gets less than horses. They haven't won Group 1s that are a year younger. So, you know, it's probably the weight horse of the race. Um, hope in your heart. Well, it meets Mustang Valley appallingly at the weights. I think about three and a half kilos worse off to Mustang Valley. And that race that Yearning and Mustang Valley and Hope in your heart won, it 
it had a lot of hard luck stories and sometimes it's better to look towards the horse that's the winner from those races so can have hope in your heart but i've got um rufus dane on top it was it was three um three wide the trip in the in the few in the um surround it never got on the track and then sunshine in paris come through and knocked it off so i just think it's the three-year-old it gets the it's got the right weight uh i think it's got the right barrier and i just think if Dylan Gibbons, my, my one reservation is Dylan Gibbons is riding this at 52 and a half. He's a big boy. It'll be the, probably the lightest he's ever ridden. I just hope that Dylan's got his A game on because to win a group one, you need that. And we're going to see our three best apprentices all ride in this race. But um, if he can give this give, give this a, the perfect ride just in behind them, I think she'll have enough to beat, beat them and get her group one after being so close in this round. I like it. So let's go to our next race, guys. We're going to look at race seven here, the Sky High Stakes. Uh, King Frankel is a $4 favourite for the Newnham team, but we get to see an international here. Protagonist for William Haggis. How have you sort of assessed these uh, these internationals that race around tomorrow, Luke? Yeah, Dave, I, you've got to obviously have a close look at them. Um, the thing with Protagonist is we haven't seen a trial. I couldn't find a jump out either, so comes across... Um, uh, for Haggis, obviously, uh, they, they just bring them in fresh. You, you don't get to sort of see what they do in Australia until they, they do it under race conditions. So I, I respect him, definitely. Uh, I think you're mad if you don't, considering they've been able to find J-Mac and that it's a 5.50 chance and hard in the market. You've got to, you've got to say um, that the horse is here to run very well. I just think King Frankel's done nothing wrong. Uh, he keeps jumping the bar, this horse. I think he'll probably get a better price than what he is at the moment, but he just maps well again. He he can only strip fitter. I just see no reason to, to jump off him uh, if you've been on the bandwagon. So King Frankel, for me, I think the best long shot in the race is Zarek. He's been a bit of a rogue in his career, but I think the way he returned, uh, really darting clear of Crosstalk, who came out and won a group race at his next start, they might just have him right. Uh, so, look... He's got to do it again, but the way he won first up, I just don't want to let him get under my guard here because he certainly did first up. I unloaded on Crosstalk, and I was completely sick when he blasted past me. I had to check the number, saddlecloth number, work out what horse it was. And it was uh, the mighty Zarek, who um, he's he's been a, a hard horse to follow in his career, but I just think the way he came back, Team Hawks might have figured him out. So King Frankel for me, saver on Zarek. Um, if the international came out and blew them away, you'd, you'd just tip your hat. But I just like to see them do it here first. I think half the nation thought the same thing there, Luke, when Zarek sprinted past cross talk. But um, I can't add much there with King Frankel. I think he has been well found now at the four dollars, and Luke makes a good point. He'll, he'll trade better on the day, but he just had to like that first up win. He brought the field up to a tear away leader, albeit wasn't run at a moderate pace, but. I just particularly liked his lake strength and how he really wanted to find the line and stick his head out. His profile says he'll step off that and he just must have the box seat doing no work. I do respect the import. Overseas form lines line up well here, but it's really the last minute of Benning will tell the story about his chances. So if you want to back him, just wait. And if he keeps firming and the computers are keen to step in, then um, and you like him, he's definitely a bet there. I'm with an import here, but not the one in the market. Um, keen to have a throw at the stumps at Gear Up, actually. Um, first up for Annabelle Nation. Off a couple of trials, look, he's a horse that's going to get up over ground, but his form 
overseas um, isn't too bad. He's, he's ran a couple of cheeky races first up over in the UK in stakes grade. If you go back and look at his run in the alleged stakes, last April, over 2,000 metres, which is what he'll face on Saturday. Um, he finished a lovely fourth behind Lafayette. I thought the run was really good. If he got out in time, um, he probably could go close to winning the race. So if you can replicate that first up, I think around $16. I'm, I'm happy to have a bit on. Look, I respect, obviously, King Frankel. Um, where will Knight's Order get? Will they put the pace on? Will it be a, a royal staying test between King Frankel and Knight's Order? Not too sure, but... Um, if they can, I'm sure uh, Gear Up will be getting back and, and running on. Yeah, plenty of speed here. I don't think King Frankel gets his gets his way in front as he has for the last couple. But when a horse is on its way up and keeps winning, you've just got to keep with them most of the time. Um, he's he's the sort of horse that's gonna. He's only on a way to the Sydney Cup, so this is just another step along the path. Protagonist. I spoke to Jamie Lovett from Australian Bloodstock. They they'd been monitoring this horse for. A, for almost a year when they, they finally brought him after his last start at York. He said he's got figures from handicaps in the UK that are, are equivalent to Group 2 or Group 3 figures in Australia. That puts it right in this race. Interesting booking of James McDonald on. I think it can it, it has to be respected. I, I do agree. I think King Franklin probably might not start favourite if, if the money comes for protagonists. I think it'll start favourite, especially with the J-Mac factor there. Zarek was fantastic last start. Gets Ryan Maloney, Maloney uh, replacing Jason Collett here. He's always promised to do that. He's he's now acclimatised and he might just be ready to go to the next level. He's a he's a horse that's always been talked about as a Group One horse. So in a Group Three, at set weights on the limit is a a, a big tick. But I'm I'm with Benno. I've I just I've been with this horse all the way through and I've, I'm yet to collect it collect on a, on a win bet, but I've collected a couple of times each way. And well, he's only like won that. one through this, so... Uh, um, he's he's one of those horses that he's going to be... He, he, he's, he's had big wraps on him. You've got to remember, in the in the autumn, before he had that um, um, unfortunate incident where he, he got treated when in, um, in Metropolitan Week, he was favourite for the Metropolitan. Now, he's also on the limit here. His, his run in the Chippy Norton was a little bit plain, I, I, I admit that, but I think Brett Preble, who's very a, a very good jockey at getting horses to travel and come into races, I think at the, at the price, $12, I'll be, I'm, I'm on him, and um, I think he'd probably start short. I think he'll start around the $8 mark. I think the money will come for him, but very interesting race, this. It's one of those races that we're going to have a proper staying test in Sydney, Sydney with the speed on, so... Um, you know, these international horses really come into their own when that happens. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, let's go now to race four, guys. Keen to hear your thoughts here. This is the Magic Night Stakes. Our punters panel today, Luke Marlowe, Chris Roots, Nick Burney, and also Mitch Cohen. And uh, we've got Steel City here as a favourite at 320. How have you assessed the fillies here, Luke, in this group three? Um, and I guess on the back of her Blue Diamond run, which never saw daylight, mm. do you think that uh, the fact that they've come here, ready to rock and roll? I'm really confused, Dave. To be honest, um, I didn't know how to. I didn't know how to assess that her. That doesn't take much. With fairness, that does not take much. Well, what are you tipping here, Ruda? Um, what the box? Well, I mean, I just—it's got no map. Uh, she's she's out there in thirteen. She was four wide last start. Oh, she can't draw a gate. She's absolutely cursed. Her last three draws, eleven, twelve, ten. Now she's got thirteen. So. 
Uh, she's had no luck this preparation. I concede she's got a chance. If Munzee was here, he'd say, you, these unraced horses, they can't beat the, the race fillies. And he's probably right. But I tell you what, this is a good horse, number 16, Tis Invincible. She'll win good races uh, during her career. Whether she can do it here in a first start, yeah. I'm not sure. But that trial was sensational, guys. He wrapped it yesterday. When we spoke to Eustace yesterday, he said, uh, throwing in the deep end here, but she's got all the ability in the world. So that's, I think, yeah, that's a big, it's a sort of a big, a big, big tip, isn't it? The fact that they're it wanting is. to kickstart her here. Exactly right, Dave. So look, I'll probably let the race go, but if for, from a tipping perspective... I'd probably offer up two horses that are just outside the favourites. Um, it'd be Tis Invincible for sure off the trial. I just think it was outstanding, and Thirteen Untouchable Legend, um, which is as good as J Mac is. Uh, they all ride bad races, and it probably wasn't his best ride there at Canterbury. He went to go forward, and then he was wide. He went to go back, and he was still wide, and he went forward again. So it was just a a little bit of a, a messy map for her that day, and things didn't work out. I, I thought she was still pretty brave to only be beaten 2.2 lengths, um, providing that hasn't taken a heap out of her. I think she can run a cheeky race outside the market here, guys. But, like, if, if still City came out and won, you'd you'd be like, oh, well, yeah, I, I, that makes sense, because she was Blinker's first time in that diamond and probably would have won that race. But is she being priced like she won? Um, maybe not, but she could be in a pocket again here. So we're two seconds, we're two seconds uh, behind uh, Red Resistance and Learning to Fly. Then they're they're in the top five in the slipper slipper betting. She's mm. a pretty good horse, and she's got a in barrier one. I get, I take it that you think that might be a disadvantage, but surely they just press the button and make sure she's right up there. But you're does she lead, guys? Probably. Oh, I don't I'd think. Take... I think she's I, got I more think... early speed than two Quee Santuzu, if I said that correctly. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah, Remedy jump. goes forward. Exactly. It didn't jump great on debut, did it, to Quee Santuza? It had to be really yeah. used up to hold that inside running, so I thought it was yep. still a good win. But you're right. I think if they want the front on Steel City, it's there for her, and you'd nearly you'd nearly think about it hard after last start. Just give her a chance. Well, she didn't, yep. she didn't get out in the, in the Blue Diamond, did she? Like, if she got, no. gets out... Probably I'm not potting her. Like, I just, I just three twenty. I, I can't. No, yeah, no. I'm, I'm with you. Like the three twenty is just a, a a bad price, and probably the four dollars a blanc de blanc's a bad price. This is a much better race than the Colts. These fillies, I think these fillies will will be seeing a lot of these fillies, if not in the slipper in the Percy Sykes. You know, to to Carice and Tuza was really good first up, and you know you know it's going to go forward, but you see the stable saying, look. The slipper might not be her race, but the Percy Sykes is. So, you know, you're looking at that. And I, I take your point on Untouchable Lesson. I thought she was really good in that race. Well, so, Before Nick goes, you asked me what I thought, Dave. And the first thing that came out, came out of my mouth was I'm a bit confused. And now I'm even more confused. <laughs> so help me out here, Nick. I've got no idea. I'm not confused, Luke. I think the 320 is a great price steel city. Now, you completely forget the Group 1 Blue Diamond Stakes. Now, you have to take into account she has paid the $5.50 second favourite there. Obviously, no luck, so exclude that run. Prior to that, she was very brave in defeat running second, um, learning to fly in the Group 3 Witted Stakes. Now, that race isolated by itself is one of the highest-rating two-year-old races of the season. There was great margins throughout there. She ran very strong closing splits. Barrier 1, blinkers on. She will go forward. Rose to a 1,200-metre shoot. Clearly brings the best form lines to this, and I think she's a great bet at the 320. 
Yeah, I echo Nick on that. I think um, she's the bet in the race. Um, will we get more than 3.20 on the day? She's been 2.90 out to 3.20 since markets open on Wednesday with tabs. So um, given that I, I guess it's a bit of a head-scratcher for some people, um, she may drift a little further and, and you may get a better price. I think, yeah, she's got great form in the last two runs in Sydney. Um, there's nothing really I can add from what Nick said. Just on Blanc de Blanc, I, look, I would have loved to be with this filly. I think it would have been a real race if she's drawn a gate, but... As has been proven um, with her, this preparation when she's she's drawn more 12, 10, and and, and 11 last in in, in December, um, it makes it pretty hard for for you to win in these sort of races. And she's drawn 13 on Saturday. I spoke to Michael Friedman early this morning, and he said, "Look, she's in great nick. Um, we just hope we get a good passage in in the run, and and she gets a chance to get that slipper spot." But uh, look, Barrier 13 makes things very difficult. Yeah. Michael, I spoke to Michael Friedman also earlier in the week, and he 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 he's just shaking his head. What what he's done wrong to for this horse to always draw wide? He said, if she drew in, you know, they could ride a race on her, and that's if they could ever ride a race on her, she's gonna she's gonna come out and blow them away. She's a she's a very very good filly, as is Steel City, and as is Tins Invincible. I think there's five or six in this race that we'll be we'll be talking about later into their preparation. So it's a really good race, but. Like I said, I've got Blanc de Blanc on top. I, I, I just feel, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting whether this learning to fly form gets really frank here. So Blanc de Blanc and Steel City have the learning to fly form. If they can't win, the, don't win, one of them doesn't win this race, where does that leave learning to fly form around? Oh, we lost, uh, we lost Chris there. We might have lost Chris there. Um, we'll come back to him in a moment. Let's go and continue on the punters panel. We've got uh, race number nine here, guys, I want to talk about. Um, Waterford, 390 favourite here. Second up, Brett Preble in the saddle with the 55. Um, this, of course, you win this and you're in the Doncaster, aren't you? I think he can bounce back there, yes. Um, I really do. He, he just is forgivable first up. Uh, look, a lot of horses that day raced down on the inside where he was and they struggled a little bit and they came out and won their next starts. Um, Espiona was one. She had barrier one that day. She was down on the fence. She went to Melbourne the next start and was able to win. Um, there have been other horses. So I just want to be a little bit forgiving of his defeat, even though he was a well-supported favourite that day. And uh, I just like the fact they went back to the trials, hit the reset button a little bit. Guys, you've got to remember, he's three out of three, 1,500 at Rose Hill. Barrier four, down on 55. If he's the horse they're all talking about him to be before first up, he'll get the job done here. And as Dave said, um, he, he could target bigger races, particularly group one handicaps. So I think he's a horse with quality, and I want to forgive him, and I want to back him tomorrow. What about you, Nick? I'm going to go a different way, but I take your point about Waterford, and I think they'll definitely want to ride him to get to the outside rather than ducking and weaving. I think he'll, you go back through his wins and all of his best wins of when he's got to the outside of horses and really let down. But in a tricky race, and just at the prices, I've landed on Ascension just purely from a map and fitness perspective. He ran really fast time last start where he led all the way, and I just think they'll try and replicate the same tactics tomorrow. He drops five and a half kilos. Yes, he does go up in grey, but just with that positive race set up, I think he can run a really strong race and that early market support has been warming to him. But it's not a race I really want to get too involved in because I'm scared of Waterford. Um, but I think I think the $5, I think we'll get a little bit better and maybe it's, if it gets out to six, we'll have something each way, Ascension. 
Yeah, it's not a race I want to get super involved in, but I will have something small each way on another import in, I hope I say this right, Bois d'Argente. Um, I don't know my French, but that'll be close enough, I would say. Look, he's first up. We've only seen him once. He was third in that Rose Hill Gold Cup, but he's at his first start in Australia last spring and has been given a, a pretty big spell since then to acclimatise to Australian conditions. Um, Annabelle's given him two trials this time in. and Look, he's been given two pretty solid trials to get him ready for the first up assignment. Look, he's he's got form overseas that sort of is over a little bit further than what he'll face on Saturday, but he has performed over the mile over there as well. I really like the fact that he's never missed the placings in 13 starts and that $5 looks juicy because I think he's primed for a pretty big first up run. Uh, $5 the place that is and $21 the win but I am concerned a little bit uh, when you're looking at the market and the betting. He did open at 15s during the week and he is out to 21 so uh, look the, the money hasn't come for him but look I'm happy to take the risk on him in a race that I think is pretty open. I think Chris is back now. Hey, Hey Dave, sorry about that. Um, there'll be some massive news in racing at lunchtime today, so um, just okay. a little tease there. If you if you if you stay near, how stay, massive? Stay near, well, you know, I don't usually use the word massive, massive Dave. So um, you'll you'll no find out there, at lunchtime. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. How's the ego? How's the ego? Oh, Marlo, since shots fired. Morning. Yeah. Was I wrong, Gallipoli? Walking up the dunes. Uh, I still love you, mate. <laughs> oh. Um, oh dear. Uh, you can't well, well, win at Wagga too. That was great the other day. Yeah, no doubt about it. Like uh, that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, um, well, we'll keep our ears oh, out, mate. That sounds exciting. Yeah. Do, you yeah, want to, so, do you want to join us at lunchtime to go through that, Chris? Yeah, if, uh, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, talk, I'll talk to you around then, Dave. I'll talk to you after the show. Another invoice, mate. Perfect. Going. That'll be good. Beautiful. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like Waterford and the Ajax. I just think it's been, in, it's been a horse. It's been a horse, horse that's um, had little luck in its in a couple of runs, and I know they want to get it into into the Doncaster. And the way that the only way they can get into the Doncaster is probably win this race. So um, Brett Preble again um, set up nice. First up run was plain, but the form out of that race is a is huge. So um, the horses finished in front of it. Two of them have won already. I think it'll um, be improved by the run. Chris's horses always take a big step forward, and I I think the four dollars they bet was probably silly odds. I think I think it'll start closer to three dollars than four come Saturday. All right, let's talk about the Morris McCartan Stakes. It's race five on the card. Our multi will be open very, very soon too. Uh, how did you see the fifth, uh, Luke, over the 1100? Uh, a couple of texts about Cannonball, so maybe a comment there on the overview of your race. Yeah, well, he, he ran in the uh, the straight race behind Giga Kick and Buenos Noches uh, late last preparation, and he was sort of just following Giga Kick everywhere and got a beautiful drag by that horse in that race so I think he he sort of was maybe slightly flattered in that overall performance but he looks to be coming up well enough to be competitive here DS Um, if someone wanted to have something on him I I wouldn't talk you out of cannonball uh, on an each way basis down on that 53 kilos but I want to side with Kalino here back at home he is 41 days between runs he drops from 59 and uh, 59 and a half to 53 kilograms and I do think the freshen up will will really suit him um, he's a horse that 
improved a lot this preparation, and uh, I think he'll run really well. So I had a good look at Ethelric. I think he's right in the race, but just the fact that he hasn't won first up worries me slightly, and I do think he is very effective on wet ground as well. Not that he can't win on the good, but I think he he's probably a better horse on softer softer tracks. And Clemenceau, I've got to say, I didn't absolutely love the trials, but they're barrier trials, um, and he's a proven race day performer, having won five from nine. So he's going to be right there, and he goes well fresh. But I'm with Kalino. I just think there's a few holes in the other horses in the race, and uh, I don't think he can do anything bar run well here. Yeah, a lot of horses resume there tomorrow. So I think the market late will also be an extra guide. But I have landed on Clemenceau. I did think he trialled well enough, and just at Rose Hill there. I thought he went through the line just under some a nice hole with some energy still intact. And first up last prep, I thought his run had merit behind Remark, where he was just a little bit keen in the moderate pace and checked and blocked. But once he got clear, he hit the line well. I think they have to go forward and just have that tactical map advantage over Kalino. That's where I only just went that way. If he repeats that first up effort, as I said from last prep, I think he'll be the one to beat. And he's just such a consistent type. And look at his record, his SP profile. I think he's probably the default favourite, Clemenceau, and might take some beating there tomorrow. Yeah, I'm with Dick again. Um, look, I think the Hawks have done a very good job bringing this fella through his grades nicely. They've just sort of ticked along, um, just getting through the benchmark, ticking off a lot of prize money on the way, as, as uh, plenty of trainers do now when, with so much on offer. And, and they've taken their time to get him to this sort of race. This looks like the, the right sort of group three to, to test him in stakes grade. He's trialled okay. I, I agree with Luke. I don't think they were anything to write home about, but they, they are only trials. And and he's just a model of consistency, though, isn't he, when he comes to race day? Um, his first up performances have been good in the past. He's, probably, he's never put in a bad performance, really. Um, worst performance he's had was a third, and that was way back in his, in his first start. So, really, since then, he's um, been in or around the money uh, every start, and that shouldn't change. Whether I want to take the $3.10 um, is a different story. Because you boys are, might be going in the partnership with Michael and John Hawks, the way you're dipping them, you're dipping everything. But they, the stable is flying, I have to give them that. And <laughs> this is a very, very good horse. Um, I'm with Felric here, though. I think he's probably one of the best, better short course horses around at the moment. He'll, he'll be off speed, there'll be plenty of speed, and he'll be rocketing home home late. Um, they, find, they find James McDonald. I think there's going to be plenty of tempo. This is going to be... A, be a race that might change um, drastically in the last 100 metres because there's a lot of speed and there's a lot of good closes. But um, I think I'll fell Rick at the price just over Clemenceau for mine. Boys, we'll have one more race and then we'll open the multi. I'm just texting Dicko to make sure he's got the multi ready to be open for us. Let's talk about uh, the Pago Pago uh, here. I want your thoughts on the boys uh, for the two-year-olds. Uh, we see a Victorian as favourite here, Luke. Yeah, that's right, Dave. Um, I'm just trying to find what race number it is. Can you help uh, me? Race number two. Beautiful, mate. Thank you. Yeah, I thought it was, again, an, another race where you've got a lot of first starters here that we don't know too much about, but I'm a bit of a fan of introducing. Um, I thought his first up win there at Warwick Farm was good on soft ground. He's so raw and untapped, this colt, um, and he'd only had one trial, so for him to go there, win on debut, I thought it was a big tick. I think he's only got upside. He's by trapeze artist, so I expect him to get better with more and more maturity. Uh, so I'll be considering having a bet on him. I had a close look at the Victorian, Mahaba. He had his first run for the new stable down there, and he was very good up the straight. 
and uh, a nice draw. I think he, he certainly warrants some thought. And the other horse I uh, I had a good look at was Godzilla. He was uh, back and wide at Doombin on debut and hit the line strongly. And he had a nice trial. Just where he gets to on the map would be the question mark. But uh, from a betting perspective, I'm only interested in putting my hard-earned on one horse and it'll be introducing if he parades well. And just keep this in mind too, punters. He was very worked up going to the barriers on debut. He was a real handful for Brett Preble. He played up a lot. So for him to still do the business and win, I think, was another extra tick. So I think it could pay to have a good look at him heading to the start and how he parades, just whether he's made some mental improvement and handles the occasion a bit better than he did on debut. So uh, I think he's a horse that, that overcame a few setbacks to win that race. Yeah, I'm with two here, guys. It's the overlays being for me Zolfika and Shinzo. And I thought Zolfika, who was specced really late in the trade in the Blue Diamond, just had no luck where... He was three wide there working out on a limb in a strong tempo, and I thought he stuck on really well. He's had that tough run at the 1,200, which just sets a great platform, and just both figures he's run this prep line up well against all his rivals here. Nash goes on, so I think from a value perspective, the $8 Zolfik is a really easy bet. He will need some luck, though, from the gate. And the other one, as I said, was Shinzo. It was 28 days between runs last start in the skyline, and I just thought he was slightly outpaced when they sprinted, and he was also racing in the inferior ground there. I like the wide draw with enough speed on here. He can just get out to the outside of runners and just be cuddled up and just might have that last shot. So Zolfika and Shinzo in race two for me. I'm with the Victorian Mahaba. Um, yeah, look, I thought you'd have to be impressed with that first up win down in Victoria in the in the Tullandurd Stakes. And since then, we saw Hell Queen come out yesterday and um, kick their heads into Bendigo. So that form bodes pretty well, I think. Um, look, looks like a, a gelding who will improve as he gets over a bit more ground. Uh, that was over 1,100 on that day. Gets up to 1,200 now. I thought, you know, he wasn't too bad when he was last in Sydney in that golden gift, finishing fourth. But he seems to come back a better horse this preparation, you'd have to think. Look, he gets barrier one. Michael D should get sort of land in the box seat or, or thereabouts. And if he gets luck at the right time, I think he can win for sure. Just on introducing, uh, look, I thought the I agree with you, Luke. I thought the win was excellent, given I guess he's still very much learning his craft. I just thought with Capital Heart sort of coming out on Wednesday as well, and he he, he was probably there to win on Wednesday, Capital Heart, but still sort of couldn't get the job done. And, and Storm the Ramparts was in that race as well, um, beaten by another gay and Adrian, uh, two-year-old, I think, which is, geez, they've got quite the crop, don't they? But um, Look, I just question if that midweek form is going to be the right form for this. Mm. Okay. Yeah, Gay and Adrian's stats. Gay and Adrian's stats are unbelievable. They're thirty yeah. percent of their two-year-olds this year. They've had um, four four stakes winners and ten stakes place getters. So, you know, they've they've got a, a really deep team, and it always gives you a good guide of where they're going to be. So they 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 actually know what's where the top is on of these two-year-olds and where these horses all fit in. I think it'll run well introducing, but Mahaba, Munzee always says don't back Victorians when they first come to Rose Hill. The good thing about this horse is it's running a golden gift and been around Rose Hill before, so um, I think barrier one. Michael D's just going to have to be be careful that he doesn't get stuck on the inside, being a favourite and a visitor, but I think it could run itself into the into the golden slipper. I'll be watching Godzilla. I think it'll be better at seven. It, it just it just took a bit of time to get going at its in the McLaughlin in 
Brisbane. And I think it'll be much better for this run and probably stepping up the seven and the size might be its go. So um, nice another nice horse there. And Shinzo, well, Coolmore wouldn't be keeping this colt going if they didn't think it could win and run in the Golden Slipper next week. So... Um, it might get. It might be the one that gets to a silly pr- price and gets under people's guard, even with Jay Mack and Chris Waller next to its name. Just on just on Mahabharu, I'm not sure if you've spoke to Graham. I haven't. Um, doesn't have a slipper nom. If he wins, to, do you know if they're, they're paying up weight or? I, I would think they 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 wouldn't be here for this race if they weren't considering the slipper. But I think it's in the size as well. So you know that's a that could be a that could be a race that you look at and go they could be looking at because I think it's going to be it's another horse that's going to stretch a little bit more and the pressure of the slipper might be a bit much for it. I like it. Boys, the multi is open. Dicko's just told me the multi's open. Let's get our tips. What are you running top four? What's hopefully running top four um, when it comes to this multi tomorrow, Luke? Well, Dave, I've gone with Kalino uh, for, for my leg. He's I just suited back at Rose Hill. I like the fact he's fresh. Uh, I think he'll sprint really well. He drops to 53 kilograms. So my leg for this week's Punters Panel Multi is race five, number six, Kalino. And I'm going to have to work out what I'm going to do going forward because I'm I'm a part of two multis, DS. I mean, I'm on both sides of the fence. It's, um, well, you technically can't be going the same horse. You, you can't play both sides of the fence. You, really, <laughs> your, your selection should be the same for both multis, technically. That's what I know I'm thinking. You, I know you think you're a Queenslander, yeah, you're a Queenslander, and now you think you're a New South Welshman. You can't play for both sides in the state of origin, mate. You've got to pick. <laughs> I know. I'd love to. I might need to throw it over to the listeners. Maybe we do a, a multiple choice something uh, or, or whatever for the other multi. But you think it's fair to just put put the same horse in twice, DS, and then I've got the burden of both sides. Well, yeah, then, the whole world. Then, then, I think, then, yeah. then, then the punters can really slag you when you... When well, that's not right. Otherwise, otherwise, you'll get people saying you changed your mind, it's a rot. Yeah. I reckon you just, <laughs> I reckon right. you just keep it the same. So, look, so there you go, punters. Bit of, uh, bit of breaking news. Kalino will be a part of the Behind the Gates multi yeah. <laughs> tomorrow on Sky yeah. Sports Radio. Hey, Nick, what's your selection for the multi? Uh, race four, number six, Steel City. Just take out that mental block of the Blue Diamond. Had no luck. Barry one, Bleaker stay on, straight to the front. Rose Hill, 1,200 metres. Just bet 320. Just bet. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> now, what are we backing, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Cohen? I'm in the big race, hoping your heart, and hopefully we can add a bit of value to the, the multi, because she's about well, $3 to place, so hopefully... Um, Hopefully that adds a bit of value to the multi, but for all the reasons I said earlier, I think, um, yeah, she, she can win this race and certainly run top four. I like it. Uh, and uh, what's your selection, Chris? Um, with Farm Waterford, I just think um, I think I think it's over the odds. And even though it's favourite, I think it'll start shorter. Um, I, I I just think uh, run under its belt, it'll, it'll, it'll go very close here and probably push itself up. Doncaster betting. So if um if you if you think it can win tomorrow, I'd be going and have a little bit on it as the Doncaster before it runs tomorrow. Okay, all right. Uh, let's let's go to uh, the multi now. Seven dollars and fifty cents is what it is for that multi. All to run top four. All to run top four. Seven dollars and fifty. The HQ punters panel best. You can find that under the today's offers 
on the website. Gentlemen, we've got to get to our previews of New South Wales Racing, then Devine Sicardi at 10.30, and we've got a big morning on Sky Sports Radio. I'll get you to text me through your best bets for the program, if it isn't what's selected in the multi, and I'll get them up on the social medias. Thanks, boys. Have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. Cheers. See you, boys.